Basically, Mumble <laughs> is full of demons. Mumble is not full of demons. Mumble is awesome, but we need to figure it out. We, we need, need to get practice. the demons out of the box. We do. But for now, shall we do a show without wizards and demons? <laughs> for, these, for these people who are still... For these 20,000 people who have now dropped down to like two. Well, they won't have heard any of that. Um, no? Oh, shit. Oh, fuck. Well, no, this is... Uh, that's, just, that, that's just for our live listeners getting a nice behind-the-scenes look at the fucking yeah. random chaos that goes ah, on behind course, the scenes. This, this is the perk of listening live. You get wonderful moments like that that will never be shared by these... We may have... 20-something thousand people following us on SoundCloud. They'll never know. They'll never know about the wizards and demons. That's just because you guys. Because they listening to us long before then. <laughs> <laughs> so are we ready to start? I'm ready to start. I'm ready to start. Then let's start. Da-da-da-da-da-da. And welcome to World One Stage One. Hello! We are joining you once again to talk about things that probably aren't video games for most of the show, and then a little <laughs> bit of video games towards the end. I am Simon, and joining me as ever are Jack. Hello! And the Irish Jack. Hiya! How are you, gentlemen? I'm fantastic. I'm full of tea and cake. Better now the wizard has gone. And the demons. <laughs> the demons. devil box. Yes, we have been left alone to do a show, free from any spiritual interference. Mumble is a box full of devils. Is she, is she actually called Mumble, not Echo? Mumble is fine. Don't you dismumble. It's, it's, oh, it's, mumble is it's clear. you. It's, oh, it's I don't Mumble, know. it's I mean, you. I mean, we just spent 20 minutes. You, you say get this new program, and now we have issues. So We spent 20 minutes wrestling with a box full of sound and you tell me that mumble is fine <laughs> mumble is fine it's it's us we're the problem as long time listeners will know yes okay, okay. We, we, we're clearly okay I, i'd say can you hear us now yes although speaking of wrestling i actually watched some recently <gasps> good lord i watched some raw oh don't do that. oh how was it bad oh that's a shame are, are you keeping up with raw at all I, I'm really not because I kind of have to pay money to, to watch it at the moment. Okay. It kind of feels like they're trying to forcibly recreate the Attitude Era by making Triple H like the main office guy. And there's all the corporate. We yeah, I can't hear a word well. you're saying. So we're not fine. <laughs> really? <laughs> oh, for fuck's sake. I, I think I heard um, corporate and Kane, in which case, yes, Kane in a suit is terrifying. Hang on. Let me, let me fuck around. Around with my with my microphone settings. Whilst we wait for Damn. Jack to fuck around, this would happen, wouldn't it? Of course, it would. So, has anyone? Do been I need to, to automatically adjust my microphone settings? Yeah, well, that would be a start. Give that a go. No. Yes. Is that better? I don't know. Keep going. We'll we'll struggle through. <laughs> okay. We'll struggle I through. I have been to cinema recently. We went. I don't know if this was before or after the last episode we did. Um, but I have since been to see Thor and Thor the Dark World in a double bill. I have also seen Thor and Thor the Dark World in the last couple of weeks. Hey, did Happy you see them back to back? Uh, I, sort of, uh, in this I watched one at home and then went out and watched the other in the cinema. 
Oh, that's cool. Fair enough. I did it in the reverse. I can see why walking out of that film you'd want to watch more Thor. I'm okay with that. Yep. Uh, Rowan and I went to go see it at the screening room, so we had a, a bottle of wine and some jelly beans and some nachos and coffees. Oh, that and, sounds and, really good. And chair service and, and yeah, and, and watched two movies back back about... Did you enjoy it? I really, really, really did. Um, I, I'm going to uh, say I probably prefer film um but that in no way to just that like the second film is, is bad or anything like that it's just like i generally tend to prefer the first film in this instance but man dark world was amazing are you downloading you anything no is is mike all i was downloading mumble mike's mike's at work huh it's like you've got bad bandwidth huh which is weird because you've got a new internet ah okay who from uh virgin say no more oh <laughs> that's bad yeah, that's bad. Um, I'm sure it will settle down. Anyway. I'll, I'll close everything I have. Uh, <laughs> close Steam. Not Skype. Don't close Skype. <laughs> I'll close Webinets. Close Skype. But yes, I thoroughly enjoyed it as well. I thought it was a lot more played for laughs than the first Thor. Yeah. But it worked because they were good good jokes. Hmm. Yes. Although there, there is part of... I'm, I'm now living in London, so I am just sat there going, you, you can't get to Greenwich <laughs> from Charing Cross in three stops. You, Are you a space thing, Viking? You need to change to the DLR. That's, well, the woman who told him three stops on that train wasn't a space Viking. I can see why she'd want to say anything to persuade him onto the train. Yeah. But she was lying. She was, it was like, you've got to change at the DLR. That's, it's going to take you at least an hour. This is rush hour. You're screwed, mate. Uh, honestly, take the stairs and fly. But then you wouldn't be able to share a, a train carriage with Thor. Yeah, but you're I mean, imperiling the world. Granted, you would imperil the world, yes, but Thor. In fact, imperiling the nine realms. All, all of them. them. Yeah, exactly. All right, fair enough. But also, she got to fall on Thor. She did. And, like I said, I can't really blame her for that. Exactly. I wonder how many times she deliberately fucked that up just to read that scene. Uh, I'm sorry, I have to do this again. Ah, uh, no, I forgot my line. Uh, I'll just have uh, to uh, grope no. you a little bit more, Mr. Hemsworth. It's, it's just the smirk from Chris. <laughs> She's what got me on that. It's like... It's Although... Like, just speak, the... <laughs> still got it. Speaking of movies, guess where I was this weekend? Oh. I know where you were this weekend. How yeah. Go? Uh, I was in Bristol on Saturday and Sunday of this weekend going to audition for uh, the new Star Wars film. And I take it was, you were auditioning for the Streetwise Orphan Girl. That is correct. Well, I, I, like I did say to a lot of the people there, it's like, well, it hasn't officially been confirmed by the people that posted the, the open audition that it is Star Wars. <laughs> yes, it is. Like everyone, no, no, everyone else around and involved in the, in the fucking industry has basically said, yeah, it's Star Wars. But the people that originally posted it, they haven't. It's just untitled Disney project. And I'm like, I would make the best Disney princess. <laughs> Actually, to be fair, if it's Disney, it could have been a Marvel movie. Yeah, also true. But unlikely. Like I said, ev- everyone else involved in the, in the, in the business has said, yeah, it's Star Wars. Was, it was um, pretty clear it was Star Wars. Yeah, exactly. Um, but it was, even when we were in there, it was untitled Disney project. Um, and yeah. So I got there on Saturday, uh, and I arrived, and they told me, uh, we're not going to see anyone else go home. <laughs> so I went to the Yu-Gi-Oh! tournament finals at Bristol Temple Meads train station. Oh wow, that is just the nerdiest weekend ever. And I bought some Mountain Dew. And then I went home, and then the next day I got up at five o'clock in the morning, right. and I got into a camper van with my buddy Rob, 
and he drove us to Bristol, and long we went. And, no, no, not long tall. Uh, Rob Hannon. Um, oh, right. And yeah, we we drove to Bristol, um, and we stood in line for seven hours, oh, and, and made some friends, and went into the audition. Cool. I was going to say, I would imagine long tall making the trip. Yeah, he's going to go to London. I don't apparently. like the idea of long tall owning a van. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I'm kind of relieved about that one. Yeah. Um, so it, there are more auditions going on around the country. So if anyone in the UK is, or actually, I think they've extended them to like the US and New Zealand now as well. So if any of our listeners are thinking of going to the auditions, holy shit balls, get there early. Uh, doors open for the auditions at 11 o'clock. Um, if you weren't there before, I think it was about 8 a.m., they started turning people away. I don't know. Uh, well, you do have to get there early, obviously, before people get turned away. Yeah. But are you there for the the 10 seconds it takes them to look at you and say next, or for meeting people in the line and generally being part of the whole experience? Exactly. But, I mean, you don't get to be in the line and be part of the experience if they say, sorry, we're closed, we're not taking That's anymore. That's true. That's a good point. So you got to get there at, like, you know, probably about 6, 7 o'clock in the morning. I mean, <laughs> we, we, we got into the line at 7 o'clock in the morning, Um and we it, we were still part of the queue. I mean, they opened early. They opened at nine thirty rather than eleven, and we got into the building at half past one. So you did audition then? Yes, I got in and auditioned. And um, what was your monologue and what was your song? Uh, it it wasn't quite like that. It was literally just filling in a form and answering a couple of questions. Oh, and, that's and, really and, and giving it a headshot. Giving it a headshot. Ah, bit boring. Yeah. Although I see the thing is the night before on on Friday night, Rowan took a whole bunch of photos just to say right. I needed a, a sort of a good photo to take in as my headshot. Rowan did a whole load of them. We got like the diffuser out and the reflectors and all these kind of weird photographic tools. Um, and then when I uh, handed everything over to the to the guy, he asked me if it was a professional shot. Nice. <laughs> so a casting agent of the Disney Corporation. Well, not uh, necessarily of, but working for. So. Yeah. Um, asked me if if Rowan's photographs were professionally done. So she was quite beaming after that. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I would have been. That's really nice. Yeah. So unfortunately, since then, though, I have now been properly bitten by the acting bug and have signed up for a shitload of agency websites and everything. Oh, so if any listeners out there are putting together a production and need an actor, um, I do work for Cake. Speaking of which, how is the abridged voiceover going? Um, pretty good. I, uh, work on a couple more voices, doing a couple more auditions. My part still hasn't come up yet, but that's because, you know, it's still, I think, another chapter down the road. Um, when it so does, you when must it does, tell I, us all so we can share it with others. I will be pimping the hell out of that episode. Um, when the, when the new one gets it, when the new episode gets released, which again, I'm still not in, but is leading up to, I will again be pimping the hell out of it when that one comes out as well. Just say, look, guys, watch this. Um, because I'm, you know, Horrifically, horrifically uh, self-indulgent. And and who can argue with that? Yeah. Arif, you got any stories com- to compete with auditioning for Disney? Uh, I went to Bristol. I went to Cribs, and they had reindeer there. That's what? about it. They were, what? They had, yeah, they had reindeer. No, they do this shit. I've got a photo from October uh, last year, year before. Of them with a, a huge Santa's village already erected. Yeah, they and I've got land. one of it in March, oh, not having been taken down yet. Wow. Oh, it's kind of like a, it's kind of like um, the, our old flat. Yes, yes, where the decorations Ooh. are up year fucking round. Speaking of which, oh, um, we're not living there anymore. Hooray! Since, since last episode, me and Mike have moved into the Citadel Two Electric Boogaloo. Uh, look forward to seeing over the holiday season. Yeah, I've, I'm, I've almost finished tidying my room now. 
Speaking of which, I've put down a reservation to get a property taken off the market, and I'm underway to obtain a mortgage. <gasps> You're getting on the property ladder. I am. Oh, man, we're all so old. I know. It's really, really terrifying, but it's really nice. Up. It's a really good-sized two-bed uh, with balcony out uh, on the Olympic site. Oh, wow. Uh, it's the housing development that they used as the Athletes' Village for the Olympics. has oh, all, wow. all now been done up and finished, and they're selling them off. And they're really determined to make this sort of... Uh, put it this way, if the houses don't turn out right, all all the Tories' political opponents can turn around and go, you fucked up the Olympic legacy. So they're <laughs> really, really determined to make it awesome. Uh, all the flats already have BT Infinity up and running. Wow. So there's no waiting for the installation. When they were showing me round, they were opening the utility cupboards and going, look, there's your modem, it's already there. There's your router, it's already there. Just, it's on. <laughs> um, they're all designed really eco-friendly, like they um, recycle water for grey water, so for heating and uh, the washing machines and stuff. Yeah. And they're designed with roof gardens for insulation and stuff. And it's it's supposed to be a lot cheaper to run than sort of equivalent-sized places elsewhere. Wow. And it's right on the central line, which is perfect for my commute. And right near um, the Westfield Shopping Centre, which is enormous and has everything you can imagine in there. And, of course, is the workplace of one of our listeners who has written to us for this episode. Look at me, Segway. Wow, that was amazing. She's in the chat room. She's I know. in the chat room. I did that one just for her, really. Uh, <laughs> as one of our best segues, I think. That was that was pretty damn impressive. As the Segway King, I I, I tip my hat to you, sir. <laughs> I know, I rule. She's been pretty prolific with her... Um... List them out recently, isn't she? Yes, she is one of our three fans, and as we know, our three fans love us. <laughs> three fans. <laughs> Do, should we mention that now that we're live on air or not? Well, the fact that that's nearly off by a factor of 10,000. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> this is the funny thing, though, is because we it, what, what we're referring to is the fact that this show and many others from the Simply Syndicated Network and Federation, have been really promoted by SoundCloud, who are our hosts. Uh, we've been featured, we've been promoted, they've been talking about us, they've been doing wonderful things for us. Fuck knows why. Yeah, uh, they clearly not heard it. Um, yeah. <laughs> and they've got us, what are we up to now, 23, 24,000 followers on SoundCloud? Now, the funny thing is, the vast majority of those people have never heard an episode. So to a lot of people, this will be their first episode. And to those people, we say hello and run. <laughs> and we also say, to anyone that's going to go and check the, the statistics, if you're, if you're listening to this episode as recorded, you will notice that that number has probably gone down oh, yes, quite a long way. <laughs> yeah. What the hell is this shit and, and unfollow? Oh, I uh, expect to be right back to three. Yeah. If not, not two. Yeah, well, if not two. <laughs> Atomic Trivia Wars only got 18 followers. Aw, that can't be right. But they, they're a good podcast. <laughs> they're much better than us. We are just higher than movies you should, you should see. What? And do ask, do tell. What, what? we're higher than movies you should see? What? <laughs> I'm sorry. I, movies You Should See is the podcast that made me aware of Simply Syndicated. I'm unable and unwilling to accept that we have right. more followers right. than on the ones I on the ones I can see. We are higher than Tech It or Leave It, Nerd Hurdles. Oh, Tech It or Leave It's rubbish. I can't uh, stand the uh, oh, it's the, the iOS fanboy who's on that one. God, I hate him. Do, do ask, do tell. Movies You Should See, Remote 
Remote Patrol. Uh, How are we the runaway success of Simply Syndicate? What the fuck is wrong with this? It won't last, don't worry. (laughs) Tech support, rich, and (laughs) just simply syndicated. We are the highest... Oh, Christ almighty. (laughs) (laughs) Movies you should see only, like, nine nine behind us. Oh, this is insane. Guys, go and and follow movies you should see. It's a much better show. (laughs) And and as my fellow co-host here, like, no pressure, guys, no pressure. So, shall we begin? Yes, let's. (laughs) And you may notice that we're getting to the subject matter quicker than usual, and that's because we feel a little under the gun. Uh, We're totally professional, and for those of you who listen to the sort of behind-the-scenes stuff, um, don't laugh. Because that wasn't funny. Uh, Anyway... (laughs) We have listener mail. Yay! Yay! Leah has written to us on the subject of video game music, because, of course, we may have let slip shortly before the Halloween episode that we were going to do this as a subject and then forgot it was Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> Did Halloween happen? We, we are nothing if not professional, prepared, and forward planning. Absolutely. Uh, and we're back on track. So, hello again. Sadly, I will be unable to listen to your show live tonight. Don't worry, no one was able to listen to our show live that night. Uh, so I'm writing in the hope that I can still contribute and maybe get to hear my email being read out in the future when the recording goes up on the website. So, video game music. As I understand, that's the theme for this week. I thought I would offer some of my favorites and see what the rest of you think. The earliest example of video game music that I love to bits is the soundtrack to Mega Man 2 on the NES. Yes. Ah, oh, Yes. Even as a young'un, I remember really appreciating how much depth there was to that BGM. Particularly Metal Man, <gasps> Flash Man, Quick oh. Man. <laughs> I'm 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 nursing a robot chubby right now. <laughs> and Doctor Wily's themes. Yes, oh. I still love them all, and not entirely for nostalgia purposes. Apparently I'm not the only one who thinks so, too. Dr. Wily's theme has been reworked into a rather badass song called Oku Senman, I think that's pronounced, which I wholeheartedly recommend looking up. Specifically the version by Jam Project, which is amazing for so many reasons. Mm-hmm. Reasons which are not elaborated on within this mail, but... Uh, Irish could probably elaborate a lot harder on Jam Project. I do love Jam Project. Yeah, all. Uh, there are Japanese... Uh, there we go, enough, enough day. They're Japanese... Okay. <laughs> that does explain both why you would be the person we go to for extra explanation and probably why Leah likes it. They're just a really great um, rock band. They do a lot of um, video game, uh, like, like Power Glove style. You know, they, they'll take classic video game music and then put their own spin onto it. Mm. They do a lot of that themselves while doing, you know, making um, openings and closings for various... TV shows and whatnot. Very cool. And funny enough, segue within a segue, Power Glove also did a cover of Dr. Wiley's stage theme. Yeah, they did. (laughs) Uh, Going on, Leah writes. After that, it was Konami's game OSTs around the time of Metal Gear Solid and Silent Hill that really grabbed me. I was ecstatic to find that both soundtracks were released on CD and, along with the Resident Evil 2 soundtrack, they were the first OSTs I bought. I swear The Best Is Yet To Come is one of the most gorgeous songs ever to appear on a game soundtrack, and Lisa's theme from Silent Hill worked so beautifully with the game cutscene where it was used that it still brings a tear to my eye. And for something more recent, the Skyrim music is simply wonderful. A while back, Classic FM dedicated their Saturday Night at the Movie slot to video game music, and they played some of the Skyrim soundtrack in that slot. I was listening at work and having a terrible day, and that cheered me right up. 
I'll end with a potential discussion point. Do any of you remember the controversy surrounding Endorfun, an otherwise unremarkable puzzle game released in the 90s that was supposed to contain subliminal messages in the music? The game itself got terrible reviews, and, as I recall, the alleged subliminal messages were all quite positive, so I've often wondered if the controversy was more of an attempt to stir up publicity than anything else. Okay, I hope that's useful or interesting for you. I shall look forward to listening to your discussion. I owned Endorphin. Oh God! Okay, I've never heard of it before. <laughs> um, it was a really it. It was a video game that could only have been made in the era of Acid House. <laughs> it was a brightly coloured puzzle game where uh, a cube with different coloured sides could be tilted so that it would rock from side to side. But you could only roll it so that the face coming down could land on a square on the game board that matched the same color. And you had to sort of rock it back and forth and roll it through a level to get to the other end. Right. It would actually work quite well on the iPad now with tilt controls now that I come to think. Sorry, I'm just going to make some notes. Um, <laughs> it wasn't that good, actually. But yeah, <laughs> it was filled with subliminal messages. But the subliminal messages were be at peace. All is well. Feel fine. And things like that. Huh. I, I swear I vaguely remember something very similar on a PlayStation demo. I don't know if it ever made a PlayStation release. No, I don't think it was the same game, but something very similar sounding from what you've, how you've described it. Mm. But yes, I, I actually... I, not only do I remember uh, Endorphin and the controversy surrounding it, I owned it. I played it. So, yeah, Were you was, at peace? I No, it's oh. a really bad game. <laughs> I think they put the subliminal messages in there to counteract the fact that they knew the game itself would wind people up. Wow, fair enough. And that might not be true, but uh, I, I might be slandering them terribly there. But yeah, it, was, it was okay. It was a very generic puzzle game. Uh, the controls really would work on the iPad. Yeah, and in terms of like all the rest of that 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 uh, bit of listener mail, it does sound like it's been completely plucked from my own head. <laughs> I was there is no as I read there it, is actually. no point of that that uh, bit of listener mail that I could just look at and go, okay, that, no, I agree with that. I agree with that. I agree with that. I agree. That is just this is just taken wholesale from my brain. Um, so yeah, that that's pretty much my view on everything and the rest of it. The Konami stuff I'm not at all familiar with, uh, apart from what I've heard. Uh, occasionally with other people playing it, or indeed sung live at a wedding. Yep. By the author of that letter. The, the Silent Hill soundtracks are just a phenomenal work. I'm, I'll, I'll touch on them later because I will just be gushing about Mary Elizabeth McGlynn, who is one of the most talented, um, voice actresses and singers going. Um, but also the, the, the Metal Gear Solid soundtracks are well, I've got them all like layered up next to my CD player right next to me right now. Um, and I've been listening to them whilst tidying my room now that I've moved in. Coincidentally, so, or as deliberate research? No, no, they've just there. I just they're mostly what I listen to is the the Sun Hill and uh, Metal Gear Solid soundtracks. Okay, good. If I thought you were making actual attempts to be prepared for a show, I I would wonder who you were. Without wanting to sound, <laughs> without wanting to sound like massively like up myself. This is this is music and video games. This is like one of my major things. So. Like, I, I just live and breathe. It's like doing the horror thing. I've got my research and all that, but it's, it's all, I, you can't really see it, but I'm knocking on myself on my head. It's all up here. So what you're saying is you were born ready. I was, I was constructed ready. <laughs> we have more yeah. listener mail on the subject of video game music. Oh, excellent. I've got some uh, listener mail from the Tumblr, but I was thinking if I could ask it at the end. Okay. Well, it's much. another mail from Leah. Oh, cool. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> because we accidentally gave her another couple of weeks to think of more things to say by doing the Halloween episode. <laughs> 
Uh, this, is, this is amazing. I know. Leah writes, Hello, I'm rather working on the assumption that you just postponed the game music show because of li- uh, Life Things and the Halloween special. <laughs> right on both counts. Yeah. <laughs> and therefore this email will be relevant to things and not just me randomly wibbling. Anyway, I reread my previous email about game music I like and realised I'd forgotten about something I really wanted to bring up. So I'm going to try attack it on here. I think the music in Bastion is worth a mention because oh. through the medium of the songs, it does the rather interesting thing of subtly fleshing out the whole game world and some of the characterization. Case in point, Build That Wall, probably the best known of the songs from the game, can simply be taken as a pretty but minimalist original song, especially since it's mostly the hummed version that you hear in the game itself, and that's fine. Listen to the lyrics, though, and suddenly you see something deeper. It very clearly points to the political tensions between the Chaos and the Ura that are the central, uh, central to the game's plot, and is revealed as a somewhat menacing Ura pro- uh, protest song. When I came to that realisation, it made the whole game feel richer for me, and that wasn't something I expected to come from a video game, especially not an indie title. Honestly, I could talk for ages about why Bastion is such an amazing game, but the use of music to flesh out the experience is definitely a major part of it, and I can't believe I forgot to mention it before. Okay, that really is all from me now. I fear I've sent you several walls of text, so I must stop. Looking forward to the next show. P.S. Glad you enjoyed my singing at Irish's wedding. I'll do the same for any of the rest of you if you so desire. Yes, you will. (laughs) (laughs) But yes, that is a great piece of music. Although, um... I actually, I do have a point to disagree with in this one, and that's Uh-oh. that it's surprising coming from an indie game. I don't think that's true. I think music is one of the areas where it's possible for indies to really compete with major studios, because a composer is typically an individual, and these days with it more and more being done in reason or logic, and less and less with live instruments, uh, that individual in an indie can have almost exactly the same kit and setup as a professional. Mm. You know, I know I, I was there when we were doing um, Fable at Lionhead and we had one guy in a room with a lot of keyboards, but basically he was just running Reason and had a huge sample deck. And, you know, I can do the same thing on my iMac, to be honest, especially now. So it's an area where you can absolutely compete and a lot of indie games have really compelling soundtracks. I've noticed this from the soundtracks being available to uh, download alongside the Humble Bundles. Yeah, definitely. You think about the music in FTL, the music in Cannabalt, the music in Bastion. Uh, It's a really, really compelling part of a lot of these games. And they may not have the teams of artists and the teams of coders, but they can do as good a music, uh, as good a soundtrack as any of the major studios. And especially with the with the uh, the Cannabalt soundtrack, because it is, as far as I remember, just the one track, isn't it? Yes. But it is such a good track. Although I believe as later versions came out, um, it had sort of a couple of remixes of itself, so you didn't uh, know quite which version you'd be listening to on any given run. I mean, they had quite a, a task ahead of them, because they were like, right, this is a game where you're going to die quite a lot. Yes. And you get, a re- get re- you get sent straight back to the beginning, so everything resets, including the song. So we need a song that is not going to get on people's nerves. And to the point that this is now a game that right up front says, put some headphones on, crank it up, listen to the music. Yep. I mean, it's sort of tied up there with, again, a very, very similar game is uh, Robot Unicorn Attack. Mm. Because you just get to listen to Erasure on repeat. I'm okay with that. (laughs) There are are various songs which you can just listen to on repeat and they just don't get worse. Erasure's uh, Always is one of them and and, uh, Hadaway's What is Love is another. Well, what is love? I, whenever it is played without warning, will always make me laugh. <laughs> <laughs> it's because of Proton John. Uh, maybe. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, indie games and music, it's just sort of one of those layers where we can sort of say, right, we don't have the budget of these big things, but we can definitely hold our own. We can, we can stand up right next to you and give you a good thorough kicking. Um, so yeah, again, with, with the Humble Bundles, because I've been buying a lot of Humble Bundles recently, which is really bad because I shouldn't be spending any money. Ah, but it's for um, charity. I know it's for charity, but I've got to go to Estonia in a couple it's of weeks. also really cheap. Why are you going what? to Estonia? I'm going on holiday. Okay. Also to potentially look at prospective properties. Um, what? But yeah, property is really cheap in Tallinn. Right. Apropos of nothing. Um, basically, uh, yeah, so buying a lot of the Humble Bundle stuff that comes with the soundtracks. So even if, even if they're like little games that you weren't really expecting to play, like you just got them because, you know, you wanted to pay over the odds and get, you know, the big game in the bundle. You might just, you know, open up that folder, just play some of that music and think, wow, this is really, really great. And it does inspire you to start playing the game. Yeah, so, everything I get, I drop into my iTunes library and I often yeah. just sit there with my whole library on shuffle. So I'll listen to things without any conscious meaning to. Yeah. And occasionally I will just go, ooh, what is this? This is really nice background music. And look up and go, ooh, it's that game soundtrack. It's kind of like being on uh, Last FM when you go onto your like recommended list, mm. and it looks. No, it's not like going onto your Last FM recommended list. No, that, okay, admittedly, that is a bit confusing. <laughs> um, where it's just like, okay, you like Slayer and the Weather Girls and uh, Prince and Prince and and <laughs> Anthrax. I, I don't know. Um, so yeah, uh, but it's like that where it sort of goes. Here's what you might like, and then you start listening to it. You don't know what it is, and you listen. And go, I really like this. What's this? And you look more into it, and yeah. So it's, it's, it's a really, really good way to do things. It's to find out a, a great game and to find out more great music from great composers and great, 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 great. So yeah, indie games. Good source of good music. Yeah. Um, for, suddenly, for some reason, I was like, yeah, indie games. I go, oh no, wait, that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about music. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> I anti-segwayed. I don't know what an anti-segway is, though. A scooter? No, surely it's putting sort of rumble strips and spikes on the pavement so that the scooters cannot be used. Ah. As <laughs> I'm spiking then. Okay, cool. Um, so yeah, music in video games. That's what we're talking about today, in case we hadn't mentioned it. Yep. Uh, yeah. And I mean, right away, when you say to me, music in video games, one of my first responses will always be Doom. The original Doom? The original Doom. The MIDI soundtrack of Doom. It was one of the first stereo games. And it was actually surprisingly good. And they they went out of their way to make this really sort of heavy metal sounding track with MIDI. And it's to so the point that a lot of it's just MIDI covers of various songs. Yeah, it's not quite Nine Inch Nails, but like E1M1 it almost is. E1M1 is basically just Master of Puppets. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, as close as you can come without violating copyright in a big yeah. way, yeah. And it's, ah, it's such a strong memory for me, because games didn't have a lot of music mm. up to that point. And they, they, if they did, it was very, very simple stuff. And we've talked about how that has been done really effectively. A lot of the stuff on the NES, for example, um, did really good, uh, good work with that, such as, you know, the Mario's, the Mega Man's, things like that. But Doom just, it, it came out with this layered multi-instrument feeling and I was insane. I, I loved it. It just, it blew me away along with, I, I think it's coupled with the fact that the stereo and the positional sound meant that as you went through that game, you could hear monsters on the other side of the wall, you could hear them behind you, you could hear them moving around you. And so 
just as an auditory experience, that game lives with me. Hmm. That's, yeah, from like, not even just a music standpoint, but sound effects and voice. Well, you know, when I say yeah. voice work, you know what I mean? Just the whole audio experience. So yeah, Doom, that's going back a ways. <laughs> it is. So is that like your, your favorite or simply this, the, the sort of just, earliest? Just the or? first thing that comes to mind. Well, okay. Thank. Wow. What about you, Irish? Hmm, favorite video game music. Well, even this is the first thing that comes to your mind on video game music. Well, we've already, we've already touched on that one, the Mega Man music. Ah. If you're going to have a classic 8-bit sort of thing, Mega Man's always a good one for me. Even World on Stage 1, Mario. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It is a classic. I, I want to see, Koda, is it Kodakonda? The, the, the Nintendo man of music? I cannot remember. Um, it probably should be the kind that. of thing we should have looked up for this yeah. episode. I mean, Nintendo's not really my, my area of expertise in this. It's, it's Konami mean Capcom mostly, but yeah. Yes, I mean, what do we want to talk about? Favorites? Um, notable pieces? With favorites and notable pieces, I think I could be here literally all friggin' evening. That's fine by me. So we could go, we could go all over the place from our favorite covers. Yeah, that's to... the thing, you really can, because there are, there's bands like Power Glove and, and the Mini Bosses who, you know, kindly provide our soundtrack. Yes. Um, and a cover one I like is, um, Hyodyne. Hyodine is a, or Hyodine, or I, again, yeah. another one of those names I don't Hyodine, know. Yeah. Hyodine. Um, uh, a Japanese uh, synth pop rock. Well, man. He does, professionally, he is a musician. He makes, again, he makes openings and closings for various TV shows. Yeah. But in his, as his own private work, he does like bit tune and in a, uh, redos of, of old Nintendo songs. But he puts his own lyrics to it, like um, like uh, like uh, Mega Man. I uh, basically what I'll, because of, I, the music is my it's big big thing with music, with uh, video games. I will go onto the um, World One Stage One Tumblr after this. And by the way, all of our listeners right now should totally go and start following World One Stage One at tumblr.tumblr.com. dot um, And I will basically start linking any music we talk about tonight on there, um, yes. so that we can go and have a you can all go and have a look at it. But yeah, Hydon is phenomenal for his work on the old Mega Man just taking bits of music from the Mega Man things like all the different boss themes and then just making songs out of them and some of them are quite silly and quite fun like uh, the Crash Man one yeah and then he makes all this really nice little ballad for, for metal, Bubble Man Metal Man though. Metal, metal Man is, is always going to be my favourite Heart Made of Metal or Heart yeah. Made of Metal um, <laughs> no <laughs> no I'm not with the, yeah the immortal line I'm Metal Man no I'm not a dentist <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why. Uh, I'm assuming because of the big razor blade on his forehead, kind of okay. looking like one of those reflector things at a dentist. I don't know. Um, but he also does like uh, the Chocobo theme from from Final Fantasy as the the rap de Chocobo. That's probably one of his best ones. It is amazing. Um, there's also his, his Mario one, which is done as a duet between him and Bowser. Him and Bowser with cameos from Princess Peach and Luigi. And uh, Yoshi, well, the Yoshi sound effects. Yeah, that is pretty boss. It's, it's pretty amazing because it's literally it's Bowser and Mario arguing about who gets to have Princess Peach and all the while Princess Peach just keeps appearing going guys can you please both fuck off I hate <laughs> you both <laughs> it's like you're both good in your own ways but you're kind of ugly as sin <laughs> and, then, and then Luigi comes along and they beat the shit out of Luigi 
it is it's a, it's a really really good song i, I love high stuff it's a, it's amazing um and also because it just seems to sort of fill in the niche of, of slash fic songs <laughs> um, most, of, most of the mega man songs are from the, the point of view of the bosses from mega man 2 as love songs towards mega man yeah i mean crash man's is pretty crash man's is filthy as shit but yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. And then you've got uh, Flashman, which is all like quite creepy and stalkerish. You've got Metal Man, which is all, um, it's all ups and downs. It's sort of very, um, erratic. Um, Quick Man is a really great one because it is just belted out with absolute just speed and, and, and volume going on. It's really, really, really great. Um, so yeah, covers and all that. So if we're going to also do covers for uh, Mega Man, it's worth pointing out because I, I, again, I don't like to mention them too much because there's, there's certain problems with, with some of their tracks and all that. But, uh, the adventures of Dwayne and Brando. Oh, yeah, Dwayne and Brando, yeah. A couple of guys who do basically, uh, raps of various video games, basically explaining the plots of video games. And they do a Mega Man 2 one, which is, it's half a rap about Mega Man 2 and it's half a strategy walkthrough of Mega Man 2. Yeah. Because it teaches you how to beat various bosses and what order to do everything in. Yeah. As a song. Yes, I love that song. It is. It is great. And you know, some of the other songs as well are quite good. They've done a Double, Double Dragon, Dragon one. Double Dragon. Um, by far one of my favourites. A couple of the Zelda games, Final Fantasy. Um, Ball Man, Pac Man. Yeah. Out. They've got some. They've got some really, really amazing stuff. Oh, the Punch Out one is fantastic. Sonic. Sonic is also absolutely brilliant. Um, so because you've got a couple of cameos in there for people like Leo Camacho and all that. Um, so yeah, it is, it is really, really, really good. Um, so it's worth checking out them as well in terms of covers and all that. Uh, and Mega Man 2 having such fantastic music. Um, so yeah, Mega Man. Uh, again, we're talking about Power Glove. Uh, probably the people I usually go to for, for video game, uh, covers and all that sort of stuff because you get some really fantastic, the Tetris theme. Now, every one of our listeners should be familiar with the, with the, uh, the Tetris theme of, oh, yeah. of Power Glove. Um, it is, that is a track to really get your blood pumping. The fact that it totally, it speeds up as it goes on as though you were playing an actual Tetris game. That is Soviet metal Tetris. It is astoundingly awesome. Um, but they've also got, I mean, uh, they've got, they've got an album that was like, I think Japan only, which was TV game metal. Um, they've got a couple of Final Fantasy tracks on there, which are really, really, really good. Really worth checking them out. Um, I've been doing a whole lot of pimping of stuff on this episode tonight. So go and buy these albums and go and listen to this (laughs) band. Um, so yeah, um, there's also, I mean, it, another weird one is, is, uh, when someone sort of covers their own stuff. Cause we'll, uh, might as well talk about it now. It's probably, probably my favorite, or at least joint first favorite composer in, in video game music is Nobu Amatsu. Um, okay. the man behind Final Fantasy music. And th- the man is a freaking genius. Uh, I, I, I own soundtracks of Final Fantasy, I think seven through 10, um, nine being my favorite. And they are just, astoundingly phenomenal it's just one of those things where you know certain artists can sort of look back and look at a go to an art gallery look at paintings or photographs and all that stuff and say just i just be overwhelmed by the 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 masterpiece by the by the skills and techniques and just listening to one of his songs you could like listen to the full soundtrack and you think jesus christ you're insane (laughs) this is just it's it's amazing um and nobumatsu himself has a a prog rock band okay uh, called the black mages Nice. And they do covers of Final Fantasy music. So he basically gets to do his own music in a prog rock style. That's very cool. Um, it's, so it's reminded me, apropos of nothing, just completely off, off tangent, uh, I was delighted today to see Gail Simone, a comic book writer, talking on Tumblr about her headcanons for Batgirl. All right. She writes Batgirl. What she's talking about is <laughs> canon. 
<laughs> but I love that she's such a, a one of us that even for the book that she writes, she has head cabins. I, that's marvelous. So it's the same kind of thing of having your own interpretation of your own work. Yeah, that that's no, that's that's a good sort of way of looking at it. It's like this is my interpretation of this work. Yeah, but it, it's your work. It's like yeah, but I wanted to do something a bit more fun with it. So again, if you can get a chance to go and listen to the Black Mages, they are. If if you're into prog rock, they're amazing. If you're not, they're hilarious and amazing. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think of some particular. Otherworld is great um, because Otherworld is the the opening sort of cinematic um, theme to to Final Fantasy X, mm. and it's so unlike anything that you had in a Final Fantasy game before that. Because I mean, the Final Fantasy game before that was all all the music was very very beautiful. You had a, a bits of rock in there, like uh, those who fight further, the the boss theme from Final Fantasy VII being probably the most famous. And then Otherworld opens up, and it's this proper death metal, growling, scary, shredding guitars track. Um, and it was, it completely came out of nowhere. And then they do a cover of it, and it's, it's done a bit more sort of with a bit more technique, and it's got a female vocalist behind it on their, um, on the Black Mages album. And it's really, really good. Um, because hmm. I think my opinions on Final Fantasy are, are well established. Yeah. But I have no real opinion about the music because I've never played enough of it to really get a feel for it. Yeah. So I feel like I might have to check that out. Even on its own, the music is, is fantastic. I mean, my, my favorite, I've got the, the soundtrack sort of sitting on, again, on, right next to me. It's uh, Final Fantasy IX, um, which is my favorite Final Fantasy. And part of that reason is, again, something very, very special to me to talk about tonight is, is the music. The soundtrack for it is it, phenomenal. There is not one bad piece of music in, in that album. Hmm. Uh, or rather on all four CDs of it. Um, and I, I was looking at sort of stuff about it, uh, about the soundtrack for it and seeing that, um, they asked Nobu Amatsu to go away and, and come up with a couple of concept pieces, um, for the, for Final Fantasy IX. They sort of gave him, right, here's the world we're looking at. It's, it's more of a fantasy. It's more of a sort of old world, low technology fantasy with very fantastical creatures going around. And he went away. And they said, go, can you make up like uh, a piece of music for the four main characters and a couple of bits of incidental music? And he went away and he came back with 30 tracks. Okay. I mean, I went a little bit overboard, but bear with me. <laughs> um, and they went, no, this is good. This is good. Okay, cool. Um, can you go and make, like, they, you know, worked on the soundtrack and everything like that. And I think there are how many tracks on the final soundtrack? I'm just going to have a look. Um, yeah, the final final count on the soundtrack is 32, 26, 27. Coming in at about about 100. And apparently there were about 180 tracks he'd come up with. And then they said, right, we need to shave some time off of this. We're not going to be able to use them all. So he had to bin 80 tracks of music. Wow. Because he just went off on one trying to, to, to create stuff for this. Um, and my ultimate favorite thing is that people have asked him at various conventions and various um, interviews and stuff like that. You've worked on a whole lot of games. What is the, your favorite game you've ever composed for? What is your favorite soundtrack? And apparently he doesn't even hesitate when he asks. He just says Final Fantasy IX. And that gives me this little glow inside of just knowing, yep, definitely, that is the single best soundtrack for a game I've heard ever. Um, so it's really, really worth giving a go. It's absolutely gorgeous. Uh, we do also seem to have lost Irish. We do. Yeah, I'm, I'm just wondering if I have a, a clearly defined favorite. Uh, I, I don't... I'm, it's odd because I've, I've always I appreciate music in games. Yeah, I really I really do. But I, I've never I don't think I've valued it as much as uh, yourself. I don't think I've put as much thought into it. I think if I had to, you know, gun to my head right now, I'd probably say a lot of Marty O'Donnell's stuff for Halo. Mm, oh yeah, I mean, the the choral opening to the original Halo is one of the most beautiful pieces of music attached to a video game ever. 
Yeah. And the the sense of urgency in a lot of his combat music, uh, even the the rock ballad for the saving of the world, <laughs> uh, which is the the electric guitar version of the normal Halo. Um, da, 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 da. Yeah. it's one of the first game soundtracks I went out of my way to buy certainly I've obtained a lot over the years largely through sort of collector's editions and uh, bundled packages but that was one of the first ones I went out of my way to buy Uh, and that's still a very small number actually it's I think that Mass Effect it might just be those two actually Mass Effect soundtrack is is great as well um very very reminiscent i mean i know it came before but you know what i mean when i say very reminiscent of um daft punk's tron soundtrack Mm. it's very similar that sort of that low electronic beats and everything like that is is really 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 great and that's why i've always said if there's a mass effect um film i want daft punk to be involved in there somewhere (laughs) Uh, yes (laughs) although it was going to bring me on to something that i thought would be quite fun now there, there are instances of what you might call stunt composing in video games. Uh-huh. Where you get someone very well known, maybe from the world of film or the world of um, commercial music, yeah. to write music for your game. Uh, an example would be the opening theme to Fable, uh, which was composed by Danny Elfman. Oh, yes. So I was just thinking if you have, just from from your experiences can you think of any really good or really bad examples of that kind of stunt composing easily a really really good one i can think of is metal gear solid Mm -hmm. Um, because the main theme from i know it's metal gear solid three and four but i don't know if it was in he was necessarily involved in two was uh, harry gregson williams okay uh was a big hollywood composer if you've seen um, the rock Mm. uh, he's he did the music for that um and but his work on that for the metal gear solid themes uh is is absolutely fantastic um, I, it's to the point where I actually just sort of like looked at the soundtrack for it, but Harry Gregson, that that guy, <laughs> really? And then still listening, oh yeah, this is this is really really great. Um, it has that right blend of sort of because Metal Gear Solid is such a, a cinematic franchise in itself. It is very big and pompous, and 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 it's supposed to be sort of viewed like a big silly action film. Yeah, you can really go drama. for some bombast in the music. It, exactly, and it does that perfectly well. Uh, that da, would be. Da, 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 da. <laughs> that is basically yeah the, the first thing that jumps to mind in that sense is is Harry Gregson Williams in Metal Gear Solid uh, I'm not sure if I can think of any others though oh, right off the top of my head anyway Irish? Uh, you have to get back to me on that one fair enough because yeah. I, I have in my head very clearly one really good and one really bad okay really good Clint Mansell uh, composed a couple of pieces for the Mass Effect 3 soundtrack Specifically, an end once and for all, which is the mournful piano piece that goes over the credits. Mm. And it is one of the most haunting pieces of music in video games. It's really nice. It's sort of, in my mind, it's up there with his Requiem for a Dream stuff. But the worst example of stunt composing I can think of in video games would be Brian May <laughs> doing the Rise of the Robots theme tune for one of the worst beat em ups ever made. <laughs> Worst or best? Worst. Oh, okay, fair enough. Absolutely. If you can complete a game by holding down forward down like kick, <laughs> then there's something wrong with that game. Oh, uh, um, another one jumps to mind as well is the uh, the original American McGee's Alice. Ooh. Um, the all the music for that was uh, composed by Chris Brenner. Was it? I so did not know he was that. The, he was the drummer for Nine Inch Nails and Marilyn Manson's band as well. I think for a little while. Um, but he did the music for, for American McGee's Alice, and that stuff is awesome. It really is. It, it really captures the feel of the game. Um, 
So yeah, Chris Brown. That was, I was there thinking, well, who was it? Is it American McGee's Alice? Cause I knew it was an actual like a guy in a band or something like that. But yeah, um, someone did mention it in, in, in the chats thing, and I, 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 it's one of those things where I actually don't know whether this is just a uh, rumor or one of those things just accepted as weird fact. But Michael Jackson's involvement in Sonic Three. <laughs> I, I didn't know about this. Do you not? Right, this is the thing. Is apparently, and it is now like accepted as actual things. Like for the longest time, people just thought it was a rumor. But when I last looked at it, it's actually now revealed to have been true. Is that Michael Jackson worked on a couple of the tracks in Sonic Three? I'm just reading this up now. Yeah. Uh, so the rumor is that because a lot of the scandals about Michael Jackson broke around that time. That they buried it. They buried it. They left the music in, but they dropped the credit. Yeah. Interesting, if true. And to use a wonderful quote from newspapers. I, I, I don't know if it's just because because I know that rumor, but whenever you go back and listen to things like um, Carnival Night Zone in, in Sonic 3, mm. and you go, oh, yeah, and you realize that in the background, like as the music played, you do hear someone in the background go, whoa, occasionally. And it's just like, <laughs> wait a minute. Hang on a second here. Hmm. And it does have a lot of those elements, but I don't know if I'm just reading into that because I knew the rumor and then, you know, yeah. So it's one of those very weird things of just like, you know, celebrity uh, composing going on. That would probably be a really, really obvious one. But I, I didn't yeah. want to mention, again, I don't know whether it's true or not. It's an interesting rumor, though. I like it. Yeah. It's um, a fun one, seeing as we're sort of, I don't know if we're fans. Is there a sort of fandom word that is the equivalent of frenemy uh i'm talking about quantic dream (laughs) (laughs) um one thing we can admit they do right is music yes yep and back in the day they did a game called nomad soul well omicron the nomad soul yes it was stunt soundtrack and stunt casting because he's a voice actor in the game as well yeah and yeah it was a david bowie soundtrack and david bowie acting example wow uh which was it was an interesting. It was a. It was a Quantic Dream game. It was a very Quantic Dream game. Um, very much so. Um, something came up in the in the chat thing. There is a it's video game themes that are so bad they're good. You know, like proper cheese themes. Oh yeah. Um, and I think it, nothing's really going to top Sonic for that. I think. <laughs> like as, as it's gone on, as we've moved into the Sonic Adventure series and so on, um, there is some there's some proper cheese in there. Hey, hey, uh, Crush 40 are amazing. Crush 40 are fucking astounding, <laughs> yes. But also, City Escape is cheesy as, as fuck. Oh, yeah, it is cheesy as fuck. And I love it. Um, actually, one of my, my, oh, I don't know if it's my favorite, but, um, Shadow's theme from, from Sonic Adventure 2, um, Throw It All Away. I think it's Jason, not Jason, that's the guy that did, uh, bloody, what's it called? The True Blood theme. Um, but throw it all, yeah, yeah, yeah. Throw it all away. Shadows theme is, is that's fantastic bit of sort of dark and 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 grungy sort of electronic music, um, which you weren't expecting in a game about of Sonic Adventure where you play a blue hedgehog uh, like grind shoeing down a, a highway. Um, Though you have just reminded me of another bit of stunt composing, which is Trent Reznor for Quake. Yep. To the point that they had the Nine Inch Nails logo on all of the uh, the nail gun ammo boxes. Yeah, you actually <laughs> fired Nine Inch Nails. Yeah, I remember now. So yeah, there's been a lot of stunt. Uh, I haven't actually thought of that before. Huh. Well, as in some cases, it's been not necessarily composed for the game, but that kind of stunt soundtracking has been one of the major selling points of the game, if not the console uh, wipeout. Oh god, yeah. Because of course it was a Sony console, so they had royalty-free access to the entire Sony Music Group library. 
which they used to great effect by throwing in some really good music on mm. Wipeout, which the ports to non-Sony consoles didn't have. They had knockoffs. Ah, so Sony's just like, well, if you want the full effect, you've got to buy a PlayStation. Yep, and that kind of, you know, turned games consoles into what they are now, the sort of, uh, not a kid's toy, but the sort of post- or pre-nightclub social event because it's the same music. Yeah. Um, and it was selling it to college students and young adults. And that was a profound change in home gaming. Huh. See, this is the thing is like video game music branching out, becoming this sort of own entity and using it as a, as a thing to sell games and in turn to be sold by games. Jet Set Radio. Oh, man. Oh. One of the best original soundtracks ever made. Yep. Uh, no, no I've arguments got, here at all. I've got the uh, Radio Future soundtrack on CD. It's a really, damn good soundtrack. I, I really, I really wish someone hadn't brought this up in the chat, but someone's just mentioned the Donkey Kong rap. <laughs> <laughs> DK Donkey Kong. Oh, oh man. Are we going to go that way? We got you know the Super Mario theme. What swing your arms from side to side? <laughs> that, was more, that was more a TV thing than than a video game thing. We have Captain Lou Albano to to blame for that. God rest his soul. Um, but yeah, Nintendo sixty four giving us the Donkey Kong rap. Oh dear, this has inspired a Google search. I'm now looking up the worst video game music of all time. <laughs> See if I can uh, remember or recognize any of these. So you're looking through the various composers at the bin. Most of the ones that I remember are all Japanese, just because they, you know they worked on the games. Well, you've played a lot more uh, Japanese games than I have, certainly. That is true. <laughs> <laughs> I am more of a Western gamer. Mm. I'm kind of I'm kind of disappointed. None of these are really standing out to me as oh god, yes that kind of bad. That's a terrible, terrible soundtrack. And I'm just sitting, going, yeah, that wasn't good. Yeah, that wasn't great. Don't put Doom on here. Oh, it's from the 32X. That's fine. That's <laughs> Mario Party 2, Honeycomb Havoc. Is that ringing any traumatic flashbacks for you, Jack? Uh, I know you're a Mario Party man. I, I'm, I'm, I think I was too busy winning at Mario Party. <laughs> so remember the music. <laughs> I mean, not, oh, dear. not to oh, toot dear. my own enormous horn, but, you know, I, I am basically a Mario Party god. Avenged Sevenfold had a post credits track in Call of Duty Black Ops. What the fuck? Yeah, that in, in the, somehow um, doesn't surprise me. In the zombie bit. I suppose they deserve each other. In, in there's a, a thing you can do where you travel around the stage. Uh, I think it's to do with video cassettes, and eventually it will play the music video in game. Ray or something along that lines. But wow, yeah, what, a, what a terrible tie-in. Okay, I'm 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 kind of Brian May. You've been bumped to second worst uh, shameless promotional <laughs> tie-in of all time. You've got you got uh, Hans Zimmer did something there as well. Oh, Hans Zimmer's in a whole buttload of video games, I think. Well, the only ones that's been credited to here are Modern Warfare and Modern Warfare 2. <laughs> Actually, huh. the Modern Warfare 2 theme um, is the only one of his video game pieces that I'm familiar with. And it is really nice. I've got to admit, it's it's a very good tune. Hmm. Which tune? Uh, the Modern Warfare 2 theme. Oh, I wouldn't know. I am not a modern shooter Oh, nor am I by any what means. A war but, but that one had a few uh, sort of uh, reasons to at least investigate it. It's this, not, is what we, this is what we need, Mike. Here, 
<laughs> you need our token frat boy. Yes, absolutely. Uh, I've had a, a brainwave. What what franchises do the video games live orchestra consider worthy of renditions? Ooh. And there are some really good ones on here that are making me go, mm, yeah, good point. Oh, I. Uh, Assassin's Creed. Yep. Has yep. some extraordinarily good music. Uh, Beyond Good and Evil. Don't, I don't know the soundtrack to it. It's it's very good. I, it's a hugely underrated game all round, uh, as you know that I think. But no, the soundtrack was great, but not as good perhaps as Bioshock. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, it's Command just... and Conquer. Oh, yes. Oh, oh, oh the, um, I forgot who composed that now because it, uh, it's right on the tip of my tongue. <laughs> oh, it'll it'll come back to me. But things like um, Hell March and, yes. and so on are just, and the Soviet March from Red Alert Three. Some of the best music to get you properly sort of Frank psyched up. That was it. That was on the tip of your tongue. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'm impressed. Like so, because again, it's one of those soundtracks I listen to a lot. Mm. Um, up Yours is another good track on there as well. <laughs> You'll be glad to know Final Fantasy is on here. As yeah. Is yeah. Solid. Yep. Uh, as is Silent Hill. Yep, because those are the three greatest like franchise soundtracks in existence. As is Resident Evil. Yep. Also good. Uh, Tomb Raider. Good. Yes, yeah. had some yeah. great music, especially yeah. the the recent reboot. Our uh, reboot was some really good music, isn't it? And Mass Effect is also on here, and so is Mega Man. And yeah. so is Monkey Island. Yeah, I was going to say Monkey Island. Huh. Yeah, for some laid back Caribbean jazz, <laughs> which you need every now and again. It was really good music. It was perfectly suited to the subject matter, which is what you could say about the Aperture Science Acoustics Research Division. Ah, uh, uh, we're going to talk about Portal. We could. It, it had a soundtrack. That is true. It had one of the most disturbing and unrelaxing soundtracks I've ever heard, and <laughs> one of the most successfully viral fucking songs ever. Good point. We ought to probably mention that we should because. It was at my wedding. It was. <laughs> if, if anyone in the in the, the 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 chat box or anyone listening to this right now has not heard "Still Alive," <laughs> I I refuse to believe you exist. Stop listening to us. Go listen to that. No, no, and they already have. They should have. If they haven't, but yes, Portal. In case you're not familiar with it, go away. <laughs> um, sorry, no. That's uh, in case you're not familiar with it. It is a puzzle game, a first-person puzzle game set in a research facility where you have to go through a series of tests and you are guided, chided, and outright insulted and mocked by a computer called GLaDOS throughout, who is deeply sinister. The music is... its It gives me the same feeling, because I have all the soundtrack CDs because they were all released for free. Um, and the music gives me the same feeling as listening to the Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross Girl with the Dragon Tattoo soundtrack. It is it's, deeply unsettling. Yes, but it's background music. If mm. you shuffle to it by mistake, you won't immediately turn it off because it's just good ambience. But you will begin to feel a creeping sense of dread. <laughs> as if nothing is right with the world. It will start giving you the fear. And when you realise you've got the fear and you look at what's playing on your iPod or whatever, you'll just go, fuck, no, why is this here? And skip. <laughs> po uh, uh, Portal and Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, they do the same thing to me. Huh. Until the very last track, as the credits play, which is a song by one Jonathan Coulton, who is a, an independent musician, singer-songwriter, who writes very, very funny, very geeky music. 
who was commissioned to write the song Still Alive, which is GLaDOS's cheerful assurance that despite the events of the game, she is still alive, which comes at you out of nowhere and is one of the best moments in video gaming, let alone music. It, it does sort of take you off guard when you completed it, and that just the... starts playing, like, wait, what? And then you go, oh, this is quite a nice song, I guess. This is a bit weird. And then you start to listen to the lyrics. You're like, oh, God. <laughs> oh, no. And it is both cheerful, funny, and sinister. Um, Portal 2 also had fantastic music, XR Vilify uh, being brought up. Um, but I've got to say, my favorite track in, in Portal 2 is always going to be Robots for the Win. <laughs> Uh, the the ending theme for the co-op campaign of Portal 2, um, which basically, for those of you who haven't heard it, it does sound like two robots having an argument. And, oh, um, it's it's brilliant. Cause it's just all these little beeps moving in time with the music, and oh, it's 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 really, really good. Um, so yeah, you should totally listen to Portal and Portal 2 soundtracks um, for discomfort and wonderfulness. That's See, a word. I, I really like the um, Tarot Concerto, number two. Mm, that's, that is beautiful as well. That's a particularly good piece of music. As all Ellen's, though. Ah, uh, Ellen McLean. A lovely lady. A terrifying robot. A terrifying robot, but a lovely, lovely lady. <laughs> Are you still there? Met her at, uh, at Ketacon. Yeah, you did. Yeah, I did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he did. Yeah, I did. Um, My husband plays a mean banjo. <laughs> Apparently he does. I have heard this, but I've not seen this evidence. He, she sings. He plays the banjo, and <laughs> they're pretty good. And they're both Valve-centric voice actors. Yeah, he's the sniper. They are a strange couple. They are indeed. Ah, Video Games Live has thrown up Zelda as a franchise with good music. Oh my God! Hell yeah! Hell yes! Hell's yeah! It's it's that and Castlevania were the two. Face palms, how did I not remember this? I was going to say Castlevania as well. Koji Kondo, man. Yep. Oh, Vampire Hunter is still one of the best tracks ever. There, uh, I think part of this, like an official sound, there's an official Castlevania soundtrack which has remixes, which has a heavy metal vampire, uh, vampire killer. No. And it's awesome. <laughs> It is absolutely fantastic. Um, although, in terms of creepy music and things like that, there is a piece of music in the Castlevania soundtrack which I have repeatedly used in my roleplay games each week um, to set my players on edge, and that's yeah. Path of the Departed. Oh, fuck. Any, any time, if you've, yeah. you've got to go and listen to it for Path of the Departed, if you're going to run a game or you want to get, in in, get into your head the mental image of being in a swamp where everything is not quite right, Path of the Departed is friggin' fantastic for that. Um, and, um, oh, what was the other one? The, the, the intro theme to Castlevania 64. <laughs> um, something, it might, be, it might be Bloodlines, um, but the one that's played on, on the violin. Yeah. That really slow, eerie theme on the violin. That's really, really great. Castlevania's, uh, Castlevania 64's intro is a beautiful piece of music. Unfortunately, you said Bloodlines, and now all I'm thinking of is Asylum. Oh, with Chiasm. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Which is a, a completely different approach to the vampire storytelling. It is World yeah. of Darkness's Bloodlines, the action RPG, that has another bit of stunt composing or stunt song licensing, I guess. Yeah. Uh, you've got Chiasm in there. There's, um, oh, there's someone else in there as well. I forgot the name of. 
Um, uh, Lacuna Coil are in there as well. Oh, yeah, uh, they are, aren't they? Ministry. Ministry are in... Um, it's such a goth soundtrack. It's great. Funny <laughs> if I've actually... Um, I've, I've just started playing it again because it, it was uh, on sale recently. And yeah, I've, I noticed uh, you've been playing it. I've, I've just completed it when I've modded the crap out of it. Because I was like, well, I've played it and completed it about a billion times. I might as well just start some of these, you know, these new mods. And one of them just adds in a crap load of music. So you go into... Oh, cool. um, yeah, you go into different uh, bars and they're playing different fitting music. Um, so yeah, the asylum still has chiasm and all that. Good. Um, you got confession, uh, the one in downtown now starts mm. playing a lot more Nine Inch Nails. Yeah, that would work. Um, and my my favourite one though is um, the the Anarch Bar. The I thought, was it the end of the road or something like that. Yeah, yeah, another one. Last call. That was it. Um, or the last round. Um, you go in there, and the first thing I noticed, when I, the first time I opened the door, is it was playing the song "Vampires" by Godsmack. <laughs> oh, awesome! Which is just like pounding guitars with a guy talking about vampires. Like, what is it about vampires that enthralls humanity? And it's just like, wow, this is this is so anarch. It's like that is that's we're not beautiful. even going to hide anything, and also some pounding guitars, and we're going to kick some ass. It, nice. it was perfect. <laughs> I love it. Jenna just made reference to one that actually gives me the fear. Oh, okay, yeah, and that's the lavender towel theme. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, Lavender Town theme can go eat a dick. Um, Pokemon's another franchise. I mean, I was going to say, Pokemon got thrown up by Video Games Live. It's one of their staples. And I was going to come to you and ask, is that because it's iconic or because it's actually good? Because I don't really know the Pokemon music. Um, both. It's got its iconic themes, like the battle themes and the capture noises, just like Final Fantasy. The bicycle theme. And the bicycle theme, yeah. Like, a, like Final Fantasy's got its victory tunes and whatnot. But Pokemon's got, it's got really good, really diverse soundtrack. I mean, generally in every game, all the cities have their own individual themes. And the, the various routes and whatnot. They've just got, it's just got a really good soundtrack overall. If you, if you want to, I don't know if they, if they specifically have done it, but if you want to try and find a good piece of, um, Pokemon theme music that, that uh, the video game live orchestra might have done, um, look for, uh, the red battle theme from the end of Gold and Silver. Yes. Yeah. That is red. probably the best piece of music from Pokemon. Hmm. Um, because it, it just... it's basically, it's going, right, you're playing your character from Gold and Silver. So Pokemon 2, essentially. Um, and you've you've completed all of the game. You've you've got one last last task, and that is to beat your character from Pokemon One. You know you've got to beat the champion. You've got to beat Red. So you climb to the top of the mountain and you face off, and it plays this badass theme for which, fighting monsters. Which is another variation of because the whole thing about like the gym leader themes and then the Elite Four themes are all variations of the battle theme. Yeah, but Red's battle theme again takes that and changes it to something. Ah, beyond epic. It is It is a fantastic piece of work. See, Pokemon as a franchise is another one which has got great music attached to it. Yeah. Mm. Pokemon and Zelda, um, two great Nintendo pieces of uh, music, uh, two great collections of music for, for two great pieces of work. Um, which I think specifically some of the Zelda music that's really... I mean, even the main theme for Zelda is just, just great, but I think the, the one that always gets me is the, Ger- uh, the Gerudo theme. Yeah, the, the flamenco guitar and the castanets is is a oh, such a good music, piece of music. Um, See, I like various temple themes. It's sorry, Jess just showed me another thing. No, not Link, not Link's rap. <laughs> no, um, just for a minute, but it's just the it's just the the fairy fountain theme. Oh, the sort of the the, the harp plucking. Yeah, one. yeah. That, that, you know, which is generally usually the um, 
when you start the game up and picking your save file. Yeah. You know, it's that theme. Or just just the Zelda's theme. Hmm. There are pieces of music in there, though, that I can use to completely infuriate certain people I know, including the Lost Woods theme. Um, there's also some beautiful pieces of music in there, like uh, in, in Majora's Mask, specifically the... Um, is it? Oh, I forget what it's called. The the, the um, it's not the heal. The song of healing. Um, it's the ode to or the the call to call to order. The one that lets you summon the giants. Oh yeah. Um, oath uh, oath of something or other. Yeah. yeah uh, it, it doesn't really matter. Back to me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, that is a really really great piece of music. And when you start looking in, when you've played the game and you sort of see the the storyline reasoning behind that piece of music, and you go, oh, this is really super sad. Um, so that is a, a really, really good one. Um, again, in, in Nintendo, they, again, they do great music, but I think it's sort of always taken as, as, as a thing. It's like in a Nintendo game, you're going to have good everything for their big franchises. Mm. Yoshi, They're going to pull out all the order. stops. Oath to Order, that was it. Yeah. So I was, I was getting all the right words, but not necessarily in the right order. Yeah. I've got to give Journey a mention. I can't let this pass by without acknowledging that Journey has an, Journey the indie game. Oh, 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 I thought The you meant... Journey Through the Desert, not Journey oh. the Band. No. I thought, I thought you meant, like, as in, you know, love will find you separate ways and all no, that. No, I, I did <laughs> yeah, not mean the... that. Although that can be found in various games, most of them sing stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah, uh, the Journey video game soundtrack is beautiful. beautiful. It is just beautiful. Everything Although... about that, everything about that game is just beautiful. Yes. Although the other Journey does bring to mind, if you want music in video games, there is a, a wealth of Music games. Rock band, Guitar Hero, SingStar. Dance Dance Revolution. Oh, oh, DDR. Oh, the DDR games. Oh, God, we've just opened up a whole other three hours of conversation yeah, we have. right now. Um, so I just mentioned, like, Naoki. There we go. Oh, that's, that's just getting a name drop out there. Because um, otherwise we will be here for fucking ever. <laughs> um, and I've been playing Rocksmith lately. Oh, God, yes. You've actually been playing music. Yes. It's uh, 14, listen. Yes. It's genius. I love it. This, it's a different take of music in video games because it is music. It is teaching you songs and also teaching you techniques. It's teaching you to play guitar. And it's really interesting because they've gamified the most boring parts of learning a guitar. Yeah. So, you know, if you want to get good, you should spend just a lot of time getting to know the fretboard doing scales. And um, they've made all these little mini games. But there's one called Ninja Slide. And you're a little ninja and you're stood on a tower and there's, and you sort of diagonally go back and forth between these towers and they're different distances apart. So you have to slide from fret number to fret number that it gives you without going too far because you'll fall off the other end and without falling short because you'll drop before you reach safety. And there's a, a sort of energy wave chasing behind you. So you've got to keep going quickly. And that teaches you to gotta go fast, gotta go fast. Yeah. And it teaches you to move along the fretboard. And become familiar with, you know, where the seventh fret is, where the second fret is. And there's another one called ducks, which is the same thing. You have to fire down the right lane, each of which is a fret, to shoot the ducks as they escape. Ducks! Uh, and there's even a scale racer where you have to change lanes to get around traffic, but you can only change to the next or previous note in the scale. So you end up running up and down the scales. It's really that's clever. Really, that's awesome. I might have to pick that up, actually. It, I thoroughly recommend it. If anyone's got any interest in learning to play a guitar. Well, I have a guitar right next to me, um, so I should probably you know, learn to play it. Mm. Uh, obviously, it is available on Steam, but if you want the cable, you have to buy that separately. And if without the cable, it's no use to you. Yeah. 
But you should um, go buy it on Steam, Steam, Steam. Yes. And then you can get the cable separately. And it is just yeah. a USB cable at one end and a guitar jack at the other. So you can plug your guitar straight in. Yay! It's really cool. And it is music and video games. Along with so, you know things like Rock Band and your Guitar Heroes and all that. Yeah. And uh, the Grand Theft Auto games. Oh, the soundtrack. Right. I, I, I was... Because Mike has recently got a copy of GTA V. Um, so I've been sitting and watching that being played a lot. And I was there thinking, well, the soundtrack's good. I mean, I, obviously, it's not going to beat Vice City because, you know, I'm an 80s bastard. Um, <laughs> and then bloody, I was in there, and then suddenly Michael McDonald came on. <laughs> and I just, I, I just creased up laughing, because I was just sitting there watching, and, and, you know, watching a car drive over a hill, and then just hearing in, in the background of it just, I gave my bigger than long ago. <laughs> there are some priceless moments in that game. Um, my favourite, uh, and it's like all of the GTA games, there are moments of synergy where the soundtrack just seems to tie in to what you're doing because mm. um, I was playing as Michael and of the three characters Michael is he's the Sopranos character he's the retired gangster who's just trying to live his life you know he's the professional yes but he's also getting too old for this shit yeah he's also I, I let's just say the song felt very appropriate when I played through the section where spoilers for GTA 5 his family left him and he just had a really shit time in a mission that had gone very badly and then he gets drugged by his son and his family walks out and he's left you know near death that alone amazing and i got into his car and it was just phil collins don't care anymore <laughs> and it was oh. flawless it was the perfect song for him to go on a, a an angry drive to wow <laughs> it just tied in so well and i thought you 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 planned this rock star I'm wise to you. Yeah. So I already fell in love with it when I saw that uh, bloody Rafferty's uh, Baker Street is on there as well. Yes. And like, well, any game that has this is already a great game. I know. I that that tune has come up at some really good moments. Mm. Uh, I, I I love that game. Nothing's gonna make you feel better than when you're sort of bombing around. You say. Actually, the one I love is the the song they used in the trailer, and I cannot remember the name of it for the life of me. Mm. But whenever that comes on, and I'm sort of near the the beachfront, it just feels so. Yeah, this this is the the uh, Los Santos they were trying to present to me. This is uh, this is the San Andreas feel. This is yeah. real proper West Coast. I'm really in love with the presentation of that game. I think they did an incredible job, not without flaw. Yeah. But it's it's a masterpiece of it, you've got to think of it as the the swan song of this console generation. Yeah, and I think with, in terms of music, I think the only song I can really remember from GTA Four was uh, "Glucosa Nostra's uh, Schwanne." Mm. That, that's on the on the Radio Vladivostok. That was a great piece of music as well. Um, for those of you who haven't heard it, just go go and go and listen to that one track in particular because that's a wonderful bit of Russian madness. And I have to admit, despite being the whitest guy you could imagine, I really enjoyed driving around listening to West Coast classics. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that is a very good point, but it's, it's all good music in that go, in those games. Um, I mean, obviously, again, fan of Vice City because it was the 80s. You have the greatest hits of the 80s going on. Still one uh, of my, my fondest memories of the GTA franchise was going down the main strip on a motorbike on a massive, massive drive-by to Atomic by Blondie. <laughs> <laughs> See, I think mine was always... Um, oh, what was the one I was listening to in, in Vice City? I think it was... Um, was it got to be starting something by Michael Jackson? Was that the one in there? I don't remember. I think that was the Michael Jackson track they had in there, or one of them anyway. Um, 
And that to me, whenever I just I hear that opening bit, that's like okay, eighties. There we go. <laughs> that instantly just sets it all up. Uh, um, holding out for a hero. <laughs> <laughs> it is a classic. Was GT uh, GT San Andreas uh, the other one on the on the PlayStation Two? Was that uh, if I remember correctly, was that set in the nineties and had a nineties soundtrack, or was yes. that? Yeah, I, I didn't know whether that was sort of modern day and I'm remembering it wrong, or it was modern day. But it was, I mean, modern day. It had just finished being the nineties. Okay, fair enough. San Andreas wasn't. I mean, San Andreas wasn't that long ago. That was a fair while ago, wasn't it? Was it 2006? It was full of the raps. Yes, yes, it was. <laughs> okay, I'm not the whitest guy. <laughs> um, so, yeah, other soundtracks. Because I did mention earlier that um, Nobu Matsu was probably my like joint first favorite composer. was San Andreas. 2004? Okay, so it was that long ago. Never mind. Wow. That's yeah. nearly 10 years ago. Very nearly. That's nearly 10... Oh, good My God. My city is just over 10 years ago. Oh, bloody hell. <laughs> old man. Old man. <laughs> Shut up, guy who is significantly younger than I am. <laughs> and me. Only by like eight years. Yes, nearly a decade. <laughs> yeah, okay, fair enough. <laughs> um... Yeah, so Nobu Matsu, my joint first favorite composer. I, I think it's probably not like a, a stretch to guess who the other one is. Is uh, Akira Yamioka, mm-hmm. um, who is a, the the mastermind behind most of the Silent Hill games. I don't think he's worked on any, if if most, if not most of the um, the games since they started being developed by Western um, Industries, uh, the, the ones on the sort of PSP and all that sort of stuff. Um, but yeah, Akira Yamioka is just a phenomenal musician for getting incredibly creepy pieces of music across. Um, it, it, like you were saying about the, the background music earlier for Portal, mm. the, the, the soundtracks to Silent Hill, I mean, my particular favorite is being Silent Hill 2, um, but there is just some really, really great background music. And up until recently, I was mostly just listening to the, the sort of background pieces of music, the, the, the main themes and that sort of stuff, the sort of the great big pieces of music. And, those were all I was sort of really listening to up until about a year ago. Um, and then I just started probably listening to the songs, um, the actual, you know, um, with lyrical accompaniment and all that sort of stuff. Uh, it, uh, most of them done by a, a woman called Mary Elizabeth McGlynn, who has this incredibly eerie voice. She's a fantastic singer and a great voice actress. And um, weirdly enough, segueing back into an earlier thing, she was actually in uh, Vampire the Masquerade Bloodlines. Ah, was she? Um, do you remember the Nagaraja uh, called Pisha in the in the hospital? Yes. The vampire that eats people, basically. I do. That's Mary Elizabeth McGlynn. That is the woman who sings a lot of the Silent Hill songs. Ah. And so when I went down there in Bloodlines and started listening to it, I was like, oh my god. It's <laughs> so terrifying. Uh, any any song that she's been in, in my, um, um, the Silent Hill sound, uh, series, um, particularly, I mean, off the top of my head, One More Soul to the Call is great. Um, Letter from the Lost Days is fantastic, and you're not here. Your reign. There's, I could just say, literally all of them. They are fantastic. Go and listen to the Sun Hill soundtracks. Um, I will be posting a lot of the songs up on uh, on Tumblr. Um, but go and buy the soundtracks as well. So send money to Akira Yamioka. Bring him back. <laughs> uh, I think recently he's been working on a lot of Suda uh, Fifty One productions. I know he was involved in Killer Is Dead. Um, so yeah, he's a he's a he did also do the music to the Silent Hill movies as well. Uh, granted, that's largely because the music in the movies was literally just the music from the games. Yeah, they just reused it. Yeah, 
but which is a great move. Great move. The, the music from the games is you know cinema quality, theatrical you, you soundtrack cannot, quality. You cannot top the the, the soundtracks to Silent Hill. If you're going to make a Silent Hill uh, movie, you you can't get more fitting music than the Silent Hill game music. Uh, it is just outstanding. And the weird thing is, like, it's all this great creepy music all the way throughout. If you get a chance to listen to the UFO ending themes. Um, Sonic Hill, being a, a product of its time, had secret endings, including a UFO ending where your character was just abducted by aliens, and that was the end of the game. Um, is that the one where it's all the dog's fault, or was that a different? Sonic Hill endings? Two had Sonic Hill Two had an ending where you knock down a door and find out that the entirety of Sonic Hill is being run by a dog at a console with a bunch of levers, and he is the and a whole bunch of like monitors watching everything you do, and he's been the mastermind behind the whole thing. Yes. And then there's the ending theme, which is literally just like some weird plinky toy piano music playing and a dog barking because why not yeah and then there's the ufo ending theme from Silent hill one which is pretty because it does just sound like a tiny cartoon character flying through space um it is uh, some of those stuff is just so weird but so wonderful <laughs> um so yeah akira yamioka just phenomenal funnily enough i actually got my start in writing uh writing an article for an old website i was on about akira yamioka's music uh, music um which is part of the reason I kind of wanted to do this episode was thinking back and going, right, what was my big thing is writing. And one of the first things I did to properly get into professional writing uh, was writing articles on uh, musicians, particularly Akira Yamioka and the Mad Capsule Markets. Um, although as far as I know, other than a couple of Tony Hawk's appearances, they've not really done much video game work. Although the Tony Hawk's games, whilst, whilst you've mentioned them, did have epic soundtracks. They have, they're just brilliant yes. soundtracks. Um, I've just, uh, CKY, Mad Capsule Markets, uh, I, I'm just sort of there. There's, there's so many of them now, and I'm just sort of like <laughs> going out of my head trying to remember. I would literally just try and mention them all at the same time, and I would just sort of fall into myself there. Um, Body Jar and, and, and Alien Ant Farm and, um, Biz Marquee, I think, on one of the, the, the soundtracks, which is a bit weird. Um, but yeah, damn, those are some good soundtracks. Um, if you get a chance to go listen to Akira Yamioka stuff, um, particularly Silent Hill 2. Silent Hill 3 is also a great one as well. Um, and for other creepy music, I'm going to say this now, The Path. I knew that was coming. Right, but <laughs> literally, it's not, I, I know, I know broken record for a musical joke there, but, uh, the, 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 the soundtrack to it, it's all on, it's, it's available, um, separately from the game. Um, or you can buy the game and I think it gets included in that anyway. Uh, so you might as well just buy the game. Hint, de, hint, hint, hint. Um, <laughs> the soundtrack is brilliant um, because it's it's got this sort of very, very creepy themes. Each of the different endings has a different piece of uh, music, all of which really, excuse me, uh, really sum up the characters quite well um, from sort of uh, Carmen's very earthy, very creepy, um, sensual music all the way up to sort of the more light and airy stuff. Um, but it's also got like little bits of poetry in there that just suddenly just jump in out of nowhere. Like, uh, do you remember the film Company of Wolves? Does no. anyone remember that film? No? Yeah. Um, basically, there's a, a bit of poetry that comes in there. If you like your Angela Carter, which I'm sure some of our listeners do, um, it'll be very, very familiar as the whole um, sweetest tongue has sharpest tooth and all that sort of stuff. Um, so yeah, definitely, again, worth checking out. Again, some of it's on YouTube as well. I, I would say go and listen to it, but also go and buy the soundtrack legitimately. And buy the game. And buy the game, absolutely. It's worth just buying the soundtrack itself. Yep, yep. Part with your money. Give it to them. Um, I realize I've been talking a lot, so I'm going to, like, yeah, sorry. <laughs> no, that's good. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm babbling on, on things I love. Akira Yamioka, Nobu Uematsu, and, and the Path soundtrack, and Argle Flargle Argle. 
Devil May Cry. There's a good. There's a good soundtrack as well. <laughs> that's pretty. That's pretty good soundtrack. Yeah. I'm just going to pluck things out of my mind now and just say Devil May Cry. Great soundtrack. It has well, similar gameplay to a game with a less sa- a good soundtrack, Bayonetta, which I'm mentioning just because Kirby won't shut up about it in the chat uh, room. <laughs> Um, Bayonetta's soundtrack was so awful. It was pretty bad. Oh, I, I mean, I know, I've, I know I gripe about everything in that piece of shit game. It comes close to the so bad it's good territory, though. I, I don't think it quite makes it, though. It's just that kind no, it, of... No, it comes close, I said. Oh, okay, fair enough. It is just so bad. Um, <laughs> oh, well, there's a game that Rowan's been playing a lot. Really. Persona, Persona 3. Mm-hmm. Persona 3, that's got some really, really good music. Again, it's, it's, a, it's a JRPG. Um, but the music in it is so weird because it, I mean, the whole game is set about like making you feel very uncomfortable because it's all disjointed and everything like that. It's all, um, a world beside our own. So the music doesn't feel quite right. It's quite jolly and quite, um, in, in places there's a lot of funk music in there, which is really not expected when you're fighting like demons in a giant tower. Um, but for some reason it just seems to fit there. Um, so Persona 3 has some great music. I mean, it's a great game anyway, but it has some fantastic music. Um, and to bring to mind as well, uh, Catherine. Oh yeah, the music in Catherine was surprisingly good. Ah, um, nice to know. Again, for all that game's faults, um, <laughs> had some very very good music. In honor of our fallen comrade Mike, who is not with us today, I'm just going to yep. chime in and go. The Total War games have a really good soundtrack. That is true. They actually do. I, I'm, I'm not even. I am slaying that slightly sarcastically, but I'm also it, speaking a true word in jest. Yep. Um, especially, I mean, I remember with the with Medieval Total War, the fact that the um, the soundtrack changed depending on um, where in the world you were in your map. So as you were sort of panning across, I think it might have been depending on which um, faction you were playing as, but I remember being sort of scanning over Northern Africa in, in um, Medieval Total War and this sort of this beautiful sort of uh, airy piece of music playing. There's this sort of um, sort of traditional sort of Arabic uh, music playing. And it was that was really, really fantastic. Yeah, cool. Uh, Saints Row has been brought up in the chat room and I have to say for Saints Row 4 ah, fuck if I know what's on the soundtrack because they've made the mistake of giving me superpowers (laughs) and now I can run faster than a car so why would I ever go in a car that's one of my major problems with Saints Row 4 we know with Saints Row 4 you can play the music while running around yeah but I don't are you serious you've not put on the mix this time around yeah it's not that compelling it's got the touch on it yes and that song is great (laughs) <laughs> it's got some really good tracks on it. Ah. See, the is, I, th- I felt that the music in Saints Row uh, Two um, really, really f- helped me shape my character. Because I mean, you've seen, you've both seen my character in Saints Row yes. Two. Yeah. <laughs> that horrible, horrible man um, with the sunken eyes and the, the the completely bleached white cornrow dreadlocks. Um, yeah. And the, the the bones that were just made him look like a skeleton, like his skull was literally popping out of his own head, and the thick Cockney accent who would listen to uh, the classic radio station most places, and then when he could get away with it, blast down the highway listening to the final countdown and singing along. Yeah, I'm I'm looking at the Saints Row 4 soundtrack, and I don't think I'll be turning it on. I think, yeah, the... The um... The touch is good, I'll agree with you. And EMF's Unbelievable is good. Oh, wow. That's... Okay, the mix has four good songs on it. And that's the only station that I would listen to any of the songs on so far. The Saints Row 2 had a fairly, fairly good soundtrack, especially because the fact that I think there were three songs in there that your character might sing along to. Yes, that was always very funny. 
you know, especially when you're like, like the one that I remember specifically was going over a whole bunch of uh, hills in the road, like a load of speed. They weren't quite speed bumps, but the road was particularly sort of up and down. So the car kept taking off, and my character was just there. She going, final countdown. I don't know if all of the characters had the same sort of, I love this song kind of comment, but it was always, I play with female voice too, I think. Um, and it was always, this is my jam. <laughs> just before she started singing. And I just love that. Nice. I think I, um, I think with my character, it was like whenever some whenever the songs that would sing along came on, it was just like, oh, that's it, that's it. And then uh, you know he'd start. He didn't quite sing along to um, Aha's Take on Me. He he sang along to the instrumental bits. Yes. <laughs> so he was just there going. Like, oh my god, dude, what the fuck are you doing? But the thing is, that is a very honest rendition of how we all sing along to that song. <laughs> exactly, but when you're hearing it coming out of a sort of seven foot two skeleton with bleach blonde dreadlocks <laughs> flying a jet through a city, it becomes really sinister. Most things your Saints Row character does is sinister. Yeah, fair point, fair enough. Um, a soundtrack for this year for me is um, the Bioshock Infinite soundtrack. Yes. I still haven't heard it. Still haven't heard anything. Oh, about it. it's so good. It's that their rendition of God Only Knows. Mm. Just, I've heard many good things. Oh. It's it's beautiful sort of period covers of modern songs or, or anachronistic love. songs. Yeah. The Tainted Love bit in the basement is awesome. Yeah, I want to hear a, a sort of, is it like barbershop quartet for most parts then? Or? Some of it is barbershop. Some of it is just sort of 1920s songsmith. Mm. Uh, but it's all very much of that era. That I want to hear that. I want to hear a tainted love like that. It's really good. Uh, also, just looking across at uh, my CD collection, thinking, have this band been involved in anything? I suddenly remember the. Um, oh, was it the Twisted Metal sound? What was it? Twisted Metal. Um, the soundtrack that had Rob Zombie and Pitch Shifter on it. That was Twisted Metal. That was Twisted Metal. Yeah. Yeah. That was that was a good that was a good collection of songs there. Um, the Blood Dragon OST. <laughs> for, for, oh uh, God, yes. for Far Cry 3 everything about Blood Dragon everything about Blood Dragon was just it was crafted to perfection um, I had a little beep then did we lose Jack? no no he's uh, okay that's me dropping the tainted love for you ah cool excellent um, I do also again because they are all there the Metal Gear Solid soundtracks because not just because of the, the I did mention it earlier because of Harry Gregson Williams um, but every piece of music in that game is so perfectly tightened to exactly what it needs to do um, which is usually getting across a very, very ham-fisted, crazy-ass point. Um, but something that's come about very much... I mean, Metal Gear Solid 1, you've got the ending theme, um, the best is... Well, the opening and ending theme, the best is yet to come, which ha- we have already mentioned has already brought me to tears. Um, it is so beautifully done. Um, but then there's, like, Metal Gear Solid 2 onwards, they seem to have brought in this very lounge theme to it in the ending themes. Um, so if you get a chance to listen to the, the, the Metal Gear Solid 2 ending theme, um, can't say goodbye to yesterday, because that was a brilliant piece of music. Metal Gear Solid 3 brings in a couple as well. Um, Don't Be Afraid is a pretty good track. Um, and then I got a really, really weird one with Metal Gear Solid 4. Um, are you familiar, Simon, with the um, the Italian-made film of Sacco and Vanzetti? I'm not. With the, the soundtrack by uh, Angelo Badal... Oh, was Angelo Badalamenti? No, um... Oh, come on, his name is now. He did a lot of the, um, the the spaghetti westerns. Not my genre, I'm afraid. Oh, it's going to bug me now. Let me just double check this. Um, 
was it Angela Badalamenti? Because that was the guy that did the Twin Peaks soundtrack. Although he has also done um, various video game soundtracks. I see. Uh, Angela Badalamenti. Yes, he did um, uh, Fahrenheit. Oh yes, that makes sense. That makes or, a lot uh, of sense. Yeah, or uh, <laughs> uh, to our uh, uh, American listeners. Oh, who did that song? It's going to really bug me now. <laughs> Welcome to Jack Winds Himself Up. You guys keep talking while I look at this because it's going to really, really friggin' annoy me soon. <laughs> well, that's about all we have time for oh, this week. No, 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 no. Successful, Charles. Successful. Although, if we are winding down to a close, so, I. by John, John Bayes, uh, and it is composed by. It's gonna, I'm gonna <laughs> flip back where I find it. Oh, uh, Ennio Morricone. I should have brought an O from you guys. You know Ennio Morricone? Not by name. Good, bad, and the ugly? Oh. Like I said, not my genre. Oh, yeah. Okay, fair enough. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, but he is the, the go-to man for it, for things. They used his theme to Second Vanzetti in Metal Gear Solid 4, which is fair enough. It's a pretty nice piece of music. It's a pretty nice song. But it specifically name drops uh, Nicola Sacco and Bartolomeo Vanzetti. Um, for those of you who don't know your history, to, to anarchists that were uh, f- potentially framed or were framed. Um, I, again, I'm not particularly familiar with my history myself. Um, and there was a film by them that was made. So it's very weird to see that it's, it's, it's there in, in Metal Gear Solid 4 when it's specifically name-dropping Nicola and Bart. I'm like, uh, they're not in this game. I mean, yeah, it's a nice piece of music, but um, okay. <laughs> you're, you're mentioning them by... You're mentioning two actual physical people by name who have nothing to do with this plot. Very odd choice. <laughs> Are you hiccuping? So whilst Irish hiccups himself to death, and now that Jack has answered his own question... Yep, and I, I'm now just compiling the list of songs uh, songs in video games that have made me cry. Here's <laughs> uh, Yusaku and Vanzetti, the, the, every ending theme to every Metal Gear Solid game ever made, uh, Melodies of Life, which is the ending to, to um, Final Fantasy IX, uh, a lot of the Silent Hill stuff. Man, I cry a lot of so- at songs. <laughs> But yes, I just want to leave this topic with a, a little flip reversal. <gasps> We've been talking all night about songs in video games. But where do we stand, gentlemen, on video games in songs? Oh? I'm mostly talking about Res. Ah. And Vib Ribbon. Vib Ribbon was oh, amazing. It's crazy. Vib Ribbon was amazing. And it is a video game in songs. Uh, it used the same thing that the Monster Rancher game on PlayStation did. Uh, for those that didn't play it, Monster Rancher was, it supposedly randomly generated your monster by, basically it told you to, to eject the disc and then put a music CD in and pick a track. And it generated a monster based on that. Audio surf, that's another one. Yes, yes Kirby. That's exactly what we're talking about. Yeah, um, yeah, Vib Ribbon, once it loaded up, asked you to, as you say, pop the disc out, put your own CD in. And it would randomly generate levels based on the music. So whatever you do, don't put in something like uh, an Alnathrak or some sort of horrifying noise metal. <laughs> um, you still weird, stay, uh, steer well clear of uh, bands like Gizm and so on. Dragon Force. Yeah, that would be quite interesting. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to see what happened. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's these games that... Um, Go the other way. They respond to your music. Audio Surf is another one, as we were saying. It's a 
a sort of puzzle racer where the track is generated from your music uh, based on the amplitude and the, the rhythm of it. And it's a very, 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 very fun game. But uh, Vib Ribbon will always sort of stick out to me because of the, the weird art style. It was sort of, um, well, it was all uh, geometric shapes all sort of blown together and all uh, done in white on a completely black background. Yeah, just, just line art, just a single sort of continual line mm. uh, twisting itself into various shapes. It was, it was basically like it was done reverse etch-a-sketch. Yeah, that's quite a nice way of putting it. Yeah, that was fun, I remember that. I re- vaguely remember that game. But it had the weirdest sort of it wasn't really a health meter, but the sort of visual indicator of how many lives you had left, I guess. In that you started off as a rabbit. Yeah. And then if you if you um, hit the obstacle without hitting the correct uh, uh, sort of key, the quick time, uh, you became a frog. Makes sense. Rabbit to frog. Yep. Yeah. Uh, and then if it happened again, you were a worm. Yep. And then the worm died. There is nothing lower than the worm. You could, however, go from rabbit to fairy as well. If you went up? Yes. You got the power-ups. That was a weird game. I now need to build a religion based on Viv Ribbon. It's like reincarnation. <laughs> I, I see some crazy Let's Plays. Of Viv Ribbon? Yeah, but they put on like the hardest song they could possibly find. <laughs> it does lend itself to that. I just watched it gone. <laughs> nope. <laughs> Yes, that was. Uh, it, it did come with its own music as well, uh, in case you didn't want to swap CDs. Yeah. And uh, that was by a Japanese group called Laugh and Peace. What a name. What a name. Uh, apparently a name that it's continually mistaken for either Laugh and Beats or Love and Peace, neither of which it is. But I can totally see how that would work because of the pronunciation issues. Yes. <laughs> and also wordplay is something that a lot of Japanese companies absolutely friggin' love. Mm. So anyone um, else got anything else to add on music? On that, again, on that subject, especially Japanese musicians as well, because I'm suddenly remembering a track by Mad Capsule Markets um, called Triple X Can of This. And uh, basically, when it's being screamed at you in a very, very thick uh, Japanese accent, Can of This sounds like something else. I'll put it that way. I, I bet it does. <laughs> I just want it. Can I have this? Go and listen to that song, everybody. It's really, really good. <laughs> and not subtle in any way, shape or form. So before we leave it for the night, Jack, I believe you had a Tumblr ask you wanted to Oh uh, my god, I did. Thank bring you for reminding me. Yes. Uh, we have a Tumblr ask from Lazarus. Oh god, Lazarus. Um, which is, it's not to do with music, which is why I wanted to sort of leave it for the end. Um, there's just a, lot of, a lot of stuff in there. I will, I will shorten it down because I don't know we're trying to get towards the end at the moment. Um, uh, this fine gents. What game or game series has gotten you through some truly tough times? In addition, are there any games that you used to love that you cannot play anymore due to the rough experiences you were having at the time of playing it? For myself, my undying fealty to the Elder Scrolls and Metal Gear Solid can be explained through this, as the Elder Scrolls has always provided a reliable and immersive source of escapism in tough times, and MGS has, sometimes despite itself, provided some strange and highly bizarre form of support. Um, as for all favorites that have been rendered in play, uh, uh, unplayable due to bad memories, uh, Okami got itself associated with an ex-girlfriend with a particularly nasty breakup. Sorry if this is a bit of a downer, it's just been that kind of a month. Hope your lives are going much better. Looking forward to hearing you guys again, Lazarus Desire. Hmm. So, games that have gotten you through some tough times, and games that you can no longer play because of the associations. Hmm, that's an interesting one. It is a really, really interesting one. I was just struggling to think of some there. I think, for me, Baldur's Gate and Wing Commander are the got-you-through-tough-times ones. Okay. I, I put in a lot of hours with both of those franchises at a time when I was 
uh, not so good in the headspace. Hmm. Uh, and they were my very much my escapism. Uh, and to this day, I still have a very fond memory of them both for that reason. Uh, I, I think it's also attributable to why I still love Bioware games as much as I do. So they sort of they were there for you at that time. Absolutely, and and because Bioware games are Bioware games, they have a very signature feel to them. <laughs> Every Bioware game has always reminded me of Baldur's Gate. Yeah, so they all have that positive connotation. Apart from Mass Effect Three, which that, that was the bad time I was going through when I was playing Mass Effect Three. Yeah. <laughs> Um, honestly, I, 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 uh, I was trying to, I've been struggling for, for like the last two weeks or I think it was, yeah, about two weeks ago that the message came in. Um, I honestly can't think of anything because I've, I've had a fairly great life. I've not really had any, no, no, not in that sense. You know what I mean? I, I've not had anything, any major traumas happen. No, I'm very pleased for you, but <laughs> the way you phrased that just, yeah. I did. Re- I did realize I was that. You know, as I said it. Brava. Yeah, you know what I mean, though. Um, everything's been pretty friggin' great so far. Um, so I've not really had any. I mean, I've obviously had some sort of a couple of shitty days, but that's about it. Um, I mean, I'm in fact quite suspicious of myself that I've you know gotten to 25 and I'm still pretty much doing okay. Um, I mean, games that I can't play because of sort of. Uh, Literally, the only thing I can think of there is every time I play a Legend of Zelda game, I remember my, my brother's tyrannical rule of the N64. <laughs> but that's more of a fond memory than a, than a sort of can't play it anymore. So, I, I, again, I, I don't really have an answer for this one um, because I'm far too boring, I guess. Um, so, yeah, sorry about that. Um, I don't really have a game that helped me from tough times, sort of thing, but the genre... I do have, and that was RPGs. Mm. That, you know, that escapism that I got from playing those games helped me get through school to an extent. Yeah, RPGs have always been my anti-drug. Because, you know, being particularly geeky in a particularly sporty school, just... It's no fun. Yeah. And being, being a bit a fat kid, glasses, braces, you know, the whole shebang. You used to have braces? You know, yeah. Huh. Like, for six years. Damn. From, from retainer back to retainer again. Uh. But, um, yeah, you know, the escapism I got from RPGs just helped me unwind from the day. I think that is that is the major thing with RPGs is that there is a definite level of escapism to it and also that you can sink so many hours into them. Mm-hmm. And they are very much an escapism because you are playing a role. You are taking on someone else's life, you're, someone else's journey. You're stepping out of yourself for a moment. And that's the thing is that it takes you to a new world and it keeps you there for a really long time. <laughs> so yeah, RPGs I think would probably be ideal for that sort of thing. But a game that I can no longer play due to mm. conversation. You're a bit stumped there as well. Yeah. yeah, I don't really have anything that's been tainted for me either. And I have a couple of games that I, I very distinctly associate with X's, but yeah. not in a way that stops me playing them. Uh, KOTOR will forever be linked in my mind with uh, one of my X's, hmm. uh, largely because... <gasps> no! <laughs> yes, that's the moment when she... When, spoilers for KOTOR. When it was revealed <laughs> that she was Revan, and she just looked at the screen, eyes wide, jaw dropped, and just went, No! I don't want to be! <laughs> Which was brilliant. Uh, and I, I have, have to admit that, um, 
Smash, uh, Super Smash Brothers. Super Smash Brothers. And, uh, uh, also to a slightly lesser extent these days, Mario Kart 64 will forever be associated with a mutual friend of ours, an ex of mine, uh, along with the phrases, um, yellow suited cock dog. Uh, describing Wario in Mario 64 and Electric Rat Bastard describing Pikachu. Yep. Um, but far from making me not want to play those games again because I, I don't have any particular acrimony towards her, uh, they are fond memories of yeah. uh, a, a very enthusiastic and competitive player, shall we say. <laughs> yeah. I, I, man, I, I, I think I'm way too mellow is the problem. I can't really think of any bad thing bad times and all that sort of stuff um well let's not complain that we've none of us no, no, had no, enough trauma in our lives complaining certainly not complaining and i think it's worth touching on to say that video games can be a f- absolutely fantastic way for people who are going through a rough time um to sort of find a little bit of uh relief um especially i mean especially when it's your, your kind of game um and if you love rpgs and you, you can spend a lot of time going into them then more power to you because it'll really help or if you um, zen out and play a beat em up for hours at a time. Oh yeah, I've certainly been in that headspace as well. Sometimes you've got to pound the, the just pound the shit out of something for thirteen hours. Yeah, <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, or sometimes you've got to go into a hack and slash game like God of War and just beat the piss out of oh, things. Oh man, yeah, God of War and Devil May Cry and all that. Yeah, all that hack and slash. I think weirdly yeah. enough, I, I I think I associate music more with good times and bad times. Which I suppose is quite fitting for this episode. Yeah, there are songs I can never listen to again, definitely. Yeah, I think that's I think that's more of a common thing than than necessarily video games. Um, so yeah, uh, there's definitely other that you know the brain can make those links and, and make things very uncomfortable for people. Um, but they can also make links and you know make things work again. They can they can help you out. Man, video games are awesome. Isn't this deep? And so is the brain. Yeah, it's pretty cool. It's where I keep all my thoughts. <laughs> So from our brains to your brains. Oh, are there any game songs we can't listen to? I mm, I am conflicted about an end once and for all, because it is uh, the Mass Effect 3 ending yeah. theme, because it is one of the finest and most haunting pieces of music ever put into a video game, but that ending. Yep. That ending. I honestly oh, can't, yeah. again, I can't really think of any... Um, other than like songs I just don't generally like on things like, you know, Grand Theft Auto and Tony mm-hmm. Hawk's not, but then you can just go and switch those off or just yeah. don't listen to that. that how, uh, how about the, uh, how about, you know, the Fly Me to the Moon Climax Edition from Bayonetta? <laughs> how about I just don't play Bayonetta? <laughs> how about I just make that sacrifice? How did we not mention the Fallout games? I kept meaning to. I kept the Xbox. The, the Xbox. Yeah, and just and, and just you know, wealth of forties and fifties music. Yeah, that was so. Ah, how did we? Spots. Yeah, how did we not mention this? Fallout. The Fallout games have an amazing soundtrack. Go and go and listen to it. Go and buy that soundtrack. Go and buy those games and play them. Yeah, there we go. We've now mentioned it. There we go. And listen to um, Galaxy News Radio. We nearly, we nearly managed to let this episode go by without mentioning Fallout. That would have been a tragedy. That would have been awful. Um, there's less so to say about you know Fallout One and Two. Uh, not to say that they didn't have bad soundtracks, just that... They were less... They weren't as modern games, so they weren't as jam-packed with tunes as the more and recent games. Fallout 3 and New Vegas do grab you by the balls and say, listen to our goddamn soundtrack. 
being yes, brought, sir. being raptured, yes, being brought into yes, the times, yes. the time setting. Although I suppose, having said that, the Xbox are also in Fallout One and Two. They are because um, it's they they wanted to get the rights to. Um, I don't want to set the world, set the world on fire. fire. They didn't get it. They got maybe. Mm-hmm. Was it me? I think it was. I think it was. Um, and that's why maybe it is in the opening to Fallout One and Two. And, and then one they of finally the got big deals about the the opening trailer, the 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 launch trailer for Fallout Three. It was. I don't want to set the world on fire, and they finally got it. Yeah, it was just. It was just the, the pulling out scene, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. When it's going from that radio out through the ruined uh, bus out into the ruined street, With the little hula girl on the dashboard. Yeah, yeah. and it's just like right. We're making a game which is a fifties a retro future fifties aesthetic and a post nuclear apocalypse, and you've got the ink spots playing. I don't want to set the world on fire. There is nothing more perfect in terms of a, a musical uh, visual uh, coupling than that. So yeah, I think I think that's a good place to leave that. There is that. I think perfect. so. Um, once again, everyone, come to uh, worldonestage1.tumblr.com because uh, I will be posting up a whole bunch of video game music on there, probably starting tomorrow. Um, I am exhausted right now, so I'm probably going to go to sleep right after this, but uh, it's expected over the next two weeks. We're on Twitter, at W1S1. We so are. follow us there, tweet at us there. Uh, you can write to us at mail at worldonestage1.com. That's world number one, stage number one dot com. And you can contact us on Facebook. You can, yes. We oh, have. God, you can. We're yeah. World One Stage One on Facebook as well. You can drop an ask into the Tumblr. And uh, visit simplysyndicated.com for more shows like this, but better. Although, <laughs> like shows, with better fewer shows. subscribers on SoundCloud. I found, out which, what, I found out which show has the most subscribers now. Oh, yeah, which one? Uh, Masters of None. Yeah, well, that makes sense. They've been hugely popular since long before this happened. Yeah, they got... <laughs> They got over a hundred thousand. Yeah, and I don't think the the recent promotion had anything to do with that. No. <laughs> uh, so go listen to Masters of None. They're professional. They actually, this is the shit they do for a living. They're radio they guys. They know what they're doing. So they actually produce professional slick shows. Listen to Atomic Trivia War Nine Thousand, the fantastic trivia show. Uh, go and listen to Movies You Should See, which is at its best when I'm on it. Uh, go listen to Do Ask, Do Tell, which is at its best when I'm on it. Uh, go listen to Take It or Leave It, which I'm on most of the time. Oh, oh. And um, there are other there, shows. There may also be in the future another crossover with Do Ask, Do Tell. There may well be, yes. World on Stage 1 and Do Ask, Do Tell have had a flirtation in the past, and I think we're looking to uh, resume the romance soon. I would so be okay with that. It's also worth pointing out in terms of follower count, we've actually gained 500 followers since the beginning of this episode. Yeah. Don't worry, don't worry. I'll release this soon and that will plummet. Then it will plummet. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. We won't have to deal with this anymore. So yeah, if you like this, uh, please leave a comment, please leave a message, please uh, send an ask or get in contact. Tell us what you would like to hear from us um, and we will read your message out live on air. And then other people hear it later when they listen to the recording. Um, that's another thing as well. If you start if you start following the World One Stage One Tumblr, you will then be able to find out when the live shows are coming out. But in general, it's every other Tuesday around about eight o'clock GMT on simplysyndicated.com forward slash radio. Yeah. So come listen to us do this live. It's a much less exciting experience because <laughs> you mostly hear us fucking around with audio wizards. But you do get to share in your trauma with other listeners. That's true. Indeed. So until two weeks from now. Yep. I have been Simon. I have been Jack. And I have been Irish. 
And here comes our last bit of video game music for tonight. Goodbye. Ta-da. Bye.